City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke, and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. So last night, the Hornets played the Pacers. It was a pretty entertaining game. LaMelo was back. Uh, He's been back for a couple games now. And he had probably his best game since coming back from the left ankle sprain. He was 5 of 8 from 3 with 26 points and 6 assists. And he was making our offense click. Our offense looked probably the best it has all season last night. And then the Pacers started to pull away late in the fourth quarter, and it turned into another bad Hornets loss. But the most sad part of the game happened with about a minute and 30 seconds left when LaMelo got injured, basically already in garbage time, by accidentally stepping on a fan's foot and spraining that same ankle that he had sprained before. So LaMelo is going to miss some more time again. And the name of our podcast rings true today, Tim. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's one thing if Marcus Smart takes a dive at a knee or Solomon Hill causes a, you know, high ankle sprain. It almost feels like a sitcom of like LaMelo was probably, it's almost like he was eyeing that guy's ankle and is like, oh, I can step on this. I can miss another month and a half. It's like Mitch Kupchak gave him like almost like the longest yards of like throw the game, throw the season. Yeah. So, the I mean, the Hornets were very bad in the stretch without LaMelo. I guess we were like three and 10 before he came back and then one and two in games with LaMelo back. Uh, and we're going to go back to being pr- pretty bad uh, once for the next month when LaMelo is out. Tim, I'm going to I'm going to turn the tables on you here, though. So. It's a it's bad that Lamelo's hurt, but right, it gets us better odds <laughs> in the lottery. And we said it on the last podcast: the Hornets should tank. This is going to help help the tank. Uh, Lamelo being out for more time. And I'll tell you a story here, Tim. Last weekend, I was supposed to go to the 1975 concert with my friend, and my friend bailed on the concert at the last minute. But Tim, I turned a negative into a positive. I downloaded Bumble, started swiping. I put in my bio. If anybody wants to put go to the 1975 concert, swipe right. Found a match, had a great time at the concert. Shout out to Megan. Uh, great concert. So I turned a negative into a positive. That's what we're doing here on Hornets and Heartbreak. Lamella Ball is out with an injury, but we're going to turn that into a positive. We are going to get Victor Wembanyama in the draft next year. Um, yes, shout out to Megan. Shout out to 1975. And also, um, yeah, like our whole thing this offseason is like, oh, as bad as it's been, Jordan will never allow like a tank to happen. We don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there there is no choice. This roster without without Lamelo and without, I mean, Miles Bridges from last year, it's just we don't we don't have enough talent on on the team. And with all the injuries that we're dealing with. Uh, the the Hornets are not going to be making the playoffs this year, and it's it's better for us this season just to get 
get as worse a uh, record as possible, get get as good of lottery odds as possible, and try to tank for Victor. Scoot Henderson also the number two pick, um, yeah. potentially in the draft. Tim's down on that, but uh, it's supposed to be a stacked draft, and the Hornets clearly need another piece to surround Lamelo. Even this team with Lamelo, it was more energetic, it was more exciting last night. But it still wasn't enough to even beat the Pacers, who are not like world beaters by any means. At home, also. <laughs> yes, that's a very kind way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pacers are not good. The Hornets are. We're really we're bad. Yep, bad. And like there are certain things to look to, like Nick Richards' offensive rebounding and. Terry is entertaining to watch, but yeah, I mean, like if Lamelo misses like another two and a half weeks with this ankle sprain, I mean, like, what do we do? They're, I mean, they're going to be the worst record in the in the league. the The competitors in the in the race for Victor, we can start talking about this. Are the Houston Rockets uh, also also terrible team? And uh, who who else? Who's who's next closest? The Magic. Yeah, the Magic, but also like. You know, the Rockets have had, like, a really tough schedule um, throughout the first, like, 10, 15 games. And the Magic, uh, Apollo has been gone for, like, the last four games. Yep, yes. With Excuse an ankle me sprain. for not getting super excited about that win against the Magic without Paolo. Like, that game was way too close. Um, the Hornets should have beat them by even more points than they did. That, that broke the losing streak. I mean, I'll say a couple positives about last night. I think Lomelo clearly outdueled Tyrese Halliburton in terms of their their matchup. Um, so going back to our favorite segment from our first season, fuck your rookie. Uh <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton was a was a repeat uh appearance on that segment. And then also uh Kelly Oubre, very, very good game. He's having like he's like honestly the second lone bright spot, Nick Richards and him, right? are the only two people who, who are outperforming expectations. He had a good game. He had seven offensive rebounds, which is a career high for him, uh, which makes sense. That's a lot of offensive rebounds. And he has been playing well. Yeah, I would say it's a bad sign for your season where you're, like, excited for Terry to shoot because you're like, oh, it's an offensive rebound opportunity for Nick Richards. <laughs> and that's kind of where we're at. But let's bask in it. There's something yeah. wrong with that. Like, you know, we were never going to be a, like, you know, second round team. My, I think that's kind of Might cool. as well just go for the future is what you're saying. We have no choice. <laughs> Let's get into this question from Austin. What would you give up as the Hornets for the number one pick next year, even including trades that aren't possible? Austin says he would trade our next eight first round picks. And I don't think Austin's entirely off base. I've spent, first of all, great question from Austin. I've spent like the past few days contemplating this question, staying up late at night, just like me in front of a candle, just thinking about this question, meditating. And I've decided that uh, the entire team, except Lamella Ball, we could give up the entire team, except for Lamella Ball for Victor Wimbanyama. Um, And it would be, it would be a good deal because then we could just build around Lamella and Victor. That sounds crazy. But this dude is an alien. He's seven three, seven five with shoes and can shoot threes. He he is just like a blend of Kevin Durant and Giannis Attentacumpo. It's ridiculous. 
if you haven't seen his highlights already, start watching them because that is the most exciting thing on the horizon for the Hornets. Tim, do you have a different answer? Do you agree, disagree with mine? I agree. I just like you sitting in front of a candle and like <laughs> warming your hands and being like, what will you show me? It's like, Frank Kaminsky? I don't fucking know Avonley. Oh my God, PJ Harrison? Yes. It's like, we should do this. I mean, there, there is no question. I would give up anything. Yes. I would honestly even... The beauty of, you know, where our season is going is hopefully uh, this is taken from Bill Simmons, who's kind of been plugged in. He's kind of nailed the last, like, six prices as far as, um, you know, sales go. And he put out a rumor that Michael Jordan is going to sell. And he was like, if you get Victor Wimbanyana, um your team price will increase by like $400 million. That's insane. And for a guy who, yeah, it's insane. But when people were predicting the Clippers would sell for like 800 million, he was like, it's going to be 2 billion. And he nailed it. Yeah. And maybe we just kind of hope for Victor to come to the team and Michael Jordan sells, that would be the best thing that ever happened to us. As cool as Michael Jordan is, I watched The Last Dance multiple times. He was awesome. He's my dad's favorite player. I visited Laney High School, you know, when I lived in Wilmington. But he's a really cheap guy. And yeah, I mean, like the best thing for the team would be for him to sell. I love it. I love it, Tim. And uh, like I said, if if we don't get the first pick, if the Hornets don't get the first pick, they'll at least get the second pick in uh, Scoot Henderson. Uh, And I mean, some people might be like turning off the podcast like these guys don't know what they're talking about. They would give up the entire team for Victor. If you're not if you're not on that train yet, just wait another like two weeks and watch watch the next two weeks of games because it's it's trending in a very very negative direction we're gonna be here for it we're gonna be here covering we're gonna start our draft coverage pretty early this year for for draft coverage i'm out on scoot henderson already all right i look i look forward to that debate from uh negative stuff tim to more negative stuff uh let's talk about the center rotations okay Mason Plumley playing 26 minutes per game at the start of the season. I think I was experiencing like a little bit of Stockholm syndrome where I was just used to the Hornets, you know, Oh, the Hornets don't play the young guys. They don't play the rookies. They develop them in the G league and then they come in and then they contribute uh, to the Hornets later on. That's not how most teams do it, Tim. That's not how most teams do it at all. And I don't know why Mark Williams is not playing basketball for this team. I don't know why Kai Jones is not playing more ba- uh, more basketball for this team. I don't know why Nick Richards isn't getting more minutes. This team is 4-12. and 12. They're not making the playoffs. Give the centers minutes that are young and stop playing Mason Plumlee so much. Yes, Mason Plumlee like, is objectively doing better than Mark Williams maybe would in his, in his first couple games. But you need to let them develop. We need to be seeing the Mark Williams-Lamelo pick and roll, and I guess that won't happen for a while. We need to be seeing the Kai Jones uh, Lamella, Lamella ball pick and roll. 
And he needs to be getting reps with those two players because those two players are actually going to be a part of the future. If they start getting reps right now with Lamelo, that'll help us later on down the road. And Steve Clifford notoriously did this with Mo Bamba um, in Orlando, where he just didn't play Mo Bamba enough, didn't let Mo Bamba develop as the fifth overall pick in the draft. I'm not saying that they need to start Mark Williams, you know, on night one, but clearly it's not working with Plumlee. This team is not headed towards the playoff playoffs. I'd be surprised if something doesn't change in the next 10 games. Tim, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, yeah, first of all, you know, Clifford made the points in a press conference, like a pregame press conference, like, well, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but he was very clearly referencing Mo Bamba. Like he wasn't ready. It was like, you know, players don't actually improve by getting more minutes in games. Like, well, maybe they do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how how can you find out? And I guess this was Mitch Kupchak's fatal flaw. And like I know a lot of things happened this offseason, couldn't have predicted it. It happens, you know, tough stuff. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, Clifford has to come in. But one thing that Kupchak did not have to do, he didn't have to sell the 13th pick in the draft for essentially $1.3 million. And he moved back from that to two second round picks, one of which he traded for Bryce McGowan's. And the other pick, which is now projected for the 26th pick. The Nuggets pick. Yes, the Nuggets pick. So we could have just had, if like if we weren't going to play any of the players, we could have had Jalen Duran, a higher, you know, upside player, and Tari Eason. They could both be in the G League. But instead, we saved $1.3 million, and we have Mark Williams, who I actually think is going to be good. I think that he has the chance. At the very least, I think he has great physical capabilities. He's torn it up in the G League. G League is kind of a different thing from the NBA, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think it was a massive disaster. Yeah, and, and I okay. think it's fair to call it as that. Yeah, it's definitely a disaster. And you're saying the G League, it's not the same thing as the NBA. Like, yeah, we're not going to be feeding Mark Williams to hit, you know, he hit like a deep three at the buzzer in the fourth quarter of some one of his G League games. That's not going to be happening in the NBA. He's not getting reps that are like that valuable because what he's doing in the G League, he's not going to be asked to do in the NBA. He's not going to be asked to get 25 points per game or whatever in an NBA game. He should be getting NBA reps. There's no reason for him not to be playing on the Hornets right now. The entire reason to draft him is like he's the most NBA ready player in the top 15. Yep. Yep. And I mean, it also applies. It also applies with Kai Jones and Nick Richards. Nick Richards getting less than 20 minutes per game. His offensive rating per 100 possessions is 137. 137 points per 100 possessions when Nick Richards is on the court. That is really, really good. And Mason Plumlee's is not that. It's not that, Tim. 137 is like a wild number. Obviously, that's going to go down. But the team's a lot better with Nick Richards on the court. So why is he playing 19 minutes per game? I don't really know. Um, And again, I'll I'll give Clifford about like, 10 more games before I like really come on the podcast and, you know, just completely lament this center rotation thing, because I think that the signs are pointing towards Mark Williams starting to play. 
but I don't really know why he wasn't playing from night one. And yeah, I just wanted to say that because it's easy to get used to like, oh, we just don't play the rookies. Like they just play in the G League for a little bit. That's what the Hornets do. And it's worked in the past. Hasn't worked that well. Didn't work that well with James Booknight and Kai Jones. So maybe we should take a different approach. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say like, you know, NBA coaches, let's admit it, they know way more than we do. Mm. It doesn't mean they're not wrong. Right. Right. Like, you know, there, there are certain guys. And, like, you know, you can look at um, Golden State. Jordan Poole played in the G League a long time. And then he came out. He was awesome. He was the 27th pick. The reason you draft Mark Williams, who also was drafted before Steve Clifford was anointed coach. Like, so it was a it was a classic case of like, you know, GM was there before the coach. Like, you know, things happen. I get it. But I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. If you're going to do this and then we pretty much move back 12 spots or I guess, yeah, 13 spots in the uh, in the draft in order to move up five spots in the second round. That that does not make any sense. No, that's just bad business. Yep. Yeah, and uh, this team, we talked about in the preseason, we, we were like, oh, the people who are saying the Hornets are going to be a bottom team are wrong. Uh, we were wrong. We The Hornets are a, a bottom team without uh, Miles Bridges. Obviously, you know, well, I'm happy that he's not on the team right now, but that he was a great player on the team last season, taking him away from the roster. It's just devoid of talent. Um, we don't We don't have enough talent on the team. Gordon Hayward has been out for like six games with a shoulder injury. And that's sort of to be expected at this point um, without, without LaMelo playing this team is, is just a bottom team that needs to be playing young players. We need to be, we need to be trying to develop the young players on our team. And then also we, I get the center rotation a little mixed up and like, you know, the guard rotation, it's not a one-to-one it's on apples to apples, but it's like book night just walks into 17 minutes a game. And Mark Williams, there's no minutes available. Or, yeah. or Kai Jones. I mean, Kai Jones at this point to me is almost like an afterthought. Yes. Like, I mean, he just already seems like a second team player. It's like, okay, like, you know, he's going to go to the Phoenix Suns in two years. Something yeah. like that. Like, I've kind of already written him off. And I don't think that's fair to him. I'm not saying that he's going to be good. But, I mean, this team is clearly bad. Like, they're not. They're not good. They're not good. As much as I like to pretend to like Teo Maladon, <laughs> he's not good. <laughs> Book Knight is clearly not good. LaMelo is going to be hurt. Like, what What are we doing here? Like, what's the point of this season? Is it development? It, sh- it should be development. I mean, it should be development. That's the point that we're making. And Kai Jones could play the four. Guy Jones could play the four. It's possible to play him and a traditional center at the same time. I I completely agree with you that Kai Jones has become like somehow an afterthought. And he was the 19th pick in the draft. And we haven't even seen him play like meaningful minutes at all on the We traded a future first round pick for him, which was it was a good deal by Cupcheck. You know, we traded a top 18 to top 16 to top 14. Like, it was a good deal of business, but, like, play him. Like, yes. what are we doing? We're down, like, 24 points. 
in a game we're like whoa let's see what Plumley has and i can't you know as much as like i love to hate on Plumley, he hasn't been terrible no like he's been he's been above average the last you know like five games but it doesn't it doesn't matter that he's been above average he's not going to be a, a part of the future team like yes he's an expiring contract so is kelly Oubre. like what what are we doing what is the point yeah, Steve, I mean, Steve Clifford and the Hornets overall are probably holding on to some notion that the team is going to be a playing team, but it's it's clear to, to me, an objective observer, that that is not the case. And, Tim, I hate to break it to you, but we have 66 more games <laughs> this season, and we're going to be here to break it all down. Let's take a quick break and come back with some 1975 album analysis. <laughs> NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and can. Buying multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. I personally have been placing money on the Hornets to win. Got a little bit of money sprinkled on the Mark Williams Rookie of the Year uh, odds. Don't do that. Don't be like me, Hornets fans. And uh, bet on other things. With payouts larger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. All right, Tim, as I mentioned, I went to the 1975 concert this past weekend. Turning negatives into positives. That's a big theme in my life right now. The Hornets not very good, but I'm looking forward to this upcoming draft when we land the number one pick and get Victor Wembanyama. Let's talk 1975, a favorite band of both of ours. Uh, Tim, what do you think of their most recent album? Um, I thought it was a very solid eight out of ten. What about you? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like a seven and a half. Uh, at the concert, they played like the entire new album, and then they played a bunch of their old songs. I have to say, I probably enjoyed the old songs a little bit more. I've been listening to the 1975 self-titled album, the first album, a lot this week. Banger of an album. Great, great. Uh. Great song choice. Shout out to James Plowright also from the UK, similar to the 1975. Um, <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> <laughs> the same as the 1975, one might say. Uh, yeah, I think I want to say they've they've definitely passed their peak as uh, as mm. artists. But like the new album's like a little bit too slow for me, and there's not not enough bangers on on the album. There's not enough songs that. I just want to listen to all the time, but it is very solid. Uh, and my initial thoughts were lower on it. I like it more the more I listen. See, I'm um, I'm kind of a a music snob. I um, I I kind of disagree with you. I'm fascinated by the the arc of like a young band like this, and I guess maybe it's just me getting older. Um, so I guess they're not as young as I thought they were, but I think they're kind of moving into, they're no longer having 
18 track albums mm-hmm. with like, you know, four interludes, three filler tracks. They cut it down. It was, you know, it's like, you know, 42 minutes. I thought that was good. No longer doing like 90 minute albums. I kind of liked it. I think that they're a band that they're two albums away from their peak record, not their peak peak popularity, but as far as just like the record that I would tell, I have a newborn nephew that's six months. And like when he's 15, I feel like I'll be like, dude, check out the 1975's album from 2025. (laughs) That's what you're going to listen to. Yeah. I have faith in that. They were great live. Uh, I'll I'll open with favorite song from from the album. I'll go with uh, "I'm in Love with You." Originally thought it was uh, cheesy, but it's growing on me, Tim. Uh, it's a great song. A great, you know, just the Matt uh, Matt Healy opening up, just saying, you know, "I'm in love with you" to whoever that is on that track. I love it. It's a good good song. Well, that's that's part of their whole appeal. I mean, I think they're super cheesy. And I like the fact that I guess maybe it's like a music head. I'm like, oh, man, they're stealing that drum sound from like Prince. And they don't do it as well. I don't want to compare them to Prince. But it's like they steal that from there. Like they steal stuff from Broken Social Steam. Like they they just steal, steal, steal. And they kind of they're very derivative. But I like it. Yeah. It's it's almost just like a I could give this to a 16 year old and then like a year later I'd be like, man, they stole this Frank Zappa drum loop from this. So I enjoy the fact that they're derivative and super cheesy. And like Matt Healy is not a great singer. But neither was David Bowie. Yeah. I, I've thought about that a lot recently. I mean, singing is so weird because you don't have to have like the best voice to be a really good singer. Something about his voice is just cool. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it just makes me like like the songs even more. Uh, he's not he's not yeah. like the best singer in the world, but his voice is unique. Because yeah, you can kind of sing along with it. Um, David Berman from the uh, Silver Jews um, album called American Waters. He says all my favorite singers couldn't sing, and my favorite singers are Neil Young, Bob Dylan, David Bowie. Lou Reed and none of them could sing yeah and I think a lot of people you know like Jeff Buckley is a better singer but not as interesting I kind of like bad singers and I think that Matt Healy fits into that but let's dive a little bit deeper into the 1975 mark okay what was your favorite song from the album Tim (laughs) um it was about you okay okay they played that they played that one, obviously, at the concert. It's a good one. Uh that's like a rare nineteen seventy-five they had a female vocalist also on that song, a feature. I don't know who it was. Yeah. And I'd say uh Notes of a Conditional Form is my favorite album. It's like super messy and like way too long, but it has like seven of my favorite tracks. I kind of enjoy it. Shout out to Malik Monk, uh Tim's favorite NBA player of all time who uh, once posted on his Instagram story, a 1975 song. And here we are, Tim, talking talking about it. Probably the best concert I've ever been to. Very, very much enjoyed it. Um, we should start a music podcast. 
since the Hornets and Heartbreak yeah. podcast is going to be rough. Let's do it. And honestly, I really used to like hate the 1975 as a concept. And then I just saw them live one time. I'd never listened to one of their albums. And I saw them live and they freaking ripped it. Yep. They for like an live. hour and a half. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm sold. Never heard any of these songs. And now like I'm a fanboy. All right, Tim. Shout out to the supporters of the podcast. TC Cunningham, Isaac Black, Xavier Harvin, Dan Joseph, Brandon Garcia, and Austin Johnson. Uh, if you want more Hornets content, you can subscribe to our Winnow. Get live text updates about the team at halftime and at the end of the game. You know, or just don't subscribe. You might want to check out for this season. <laughs> great, great sales pitch. Most importantly, we are sponsored by FTX cryptocurrency <laughs> um if you want to lose all of your money definitely go to them but um no i genuinely i appreciate everyone that's taking the time to listen like review and subscribe i appreciate it and um mark do you have anything for media corner go hornets i think we just did media corner bro well yeah what's my media choice media corner <laughs> is um pup pup morbid stuff one of the great pop punk albums of the last 15 years. Check it out. As always. <laughs> Be safe out there, Lickamark. Go Hornets. <laughs> Go Hornets. Peace. Peace.